Go ahead, yank that thumb drive anytime. Windows is finally ready. Elgato's Camlink 4K and Keylight and some serious axe throwing all coming up on Tech Thing. Thank you, patrons. Without your support via patreon.com slash techthing, we couldn't make the show for you. Join the crew that makes Tech Thing possible at patreon.com slash techthing. Thank you. I'm Shannon Morris. And I'm Patrick Norton. And this is Tech Thing, where we have something useful in every single show. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we have a lot of useful stuff in this episode, actually. Well, okay, so we <laughs> we have been upgrading our video lifestyles in our we homes. We have. We have um, little home studios that we're building. It's fun. It's fun. I got a pretty short and to the point email from Rob, who wants to make his Twitch streaming look better. He says, that video you shot at home for the 1660 looked awesome. How did you do that? It's true. It looked amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, it's, it was easy. I just changed everything. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was, I was watching a, a video program that kind of mocked the sort of ideal mid-century housewife oh. where it was like, it's easy. I just do a lot of speed and never oh stop gosh. cleaning. <laughs> um, which actually in context was unbelievably funny. But um, the trick was uh, to change my long-suffering webcam out for a better camera. And so this is what like traditional webcam video looks like, and this is what my webcam video looks like now. Literally, the difference is changing everything. So uh, key for me on this, and I'll explain why in a couple minutes, was Nelgato Cam Link, which is this USB dongle right here. It's so and, cute. Uh, it's so cute, it's so tiny. It even does windows, and if I hold it the right way, the logo's the right side up. Um, so I picked up one of these, and uh, recommendation, use a, they, they put a USB extension in the box, because uh, when you have something this big sticking out of the back of your PC, right. um, you generally, it's dangerous. Yes. <laughs> All you gotta do is shove it back against the wall and hear that terrible cracking noise. Uh, but they put a dongle in the box, and uh, uh, so that's getting me video from a Sony a6000 camera and the lens that's on this helps a lot too So instead of the 16 to 50 millimeter kit lens, I have this 35 millimeter f1.8 prime lens on there uh, It's fixed focal length. So, you know to adjust the framing on this I have to sort of move it or yeah. me away from the <laughs> camera um, But it hoovers up light it is great for mediocre lighting situations. It is great for using natural light. It looks um, beautiful. And also I use a dedicated mic for audio, which I was actually using before when I was recording uh, podcasts on my system at home because webcam mic audio sucks. That's true. Except, were you just using a USB mic? That's what I usually use at home. I actually have a, man, uh, I have a Scarlett 2i2 analog to digital converter ah, and then I've yes. got a broadcast headset okay. that goes along with this or I use a lav mic with that. Um, so this thing right here, I've been wanting to buy one of these for a couple of years. This is a Magewell USB 3.0 captured dongle, the X1100 DUSB-HDMI. Uh, it is a really nice piece of hardware. Um, it is incredibly well reviewed. Uh, they also cost $299 each. Oof. So when Elgato dropped the $130 Camlink 4K, all I could think was, I can't has better Skype video on my laptop <laughs> um, for less than half the price of the Magewell. Elgato's got a decent rep. They've mm -hmm. been doing video for quite some time. Uh, some people I've noticed are having some issues with the Camlink, and one of the problems with um, one of the problems with video capture device problems is like Wi-Fi problems. Everybody's got a different house. Everybody's oh. got a different camera. Everybody's got a different 
um, computer they're connecting into. Um, and I also will be honest, I've done a ton of 1080p capture this. I haven't really done much 4K capture. It's rated for 4K at 30 frames per second, 1080p at up to 60 frames per second. Elgato's like, we're good to go with Mac OS Sierra 10.12 or higher, Windows 10, uh, and they want a fourth gen quad core Core i5 CPU or better. As with video games, right. I would suggest this as a minimum questionable entry level. And the <laughs> higher up the food chain you go and the more cores you can throw at everything going on in your computer, the less likely you are to try to throw your computer through a window. <laughs> not that either of us have ever wanted to throw a computer through no, a window. No, never. <laughs> never. Never. Not at all. Or a network for that matter. So can you find out online if your camera will work with this thing? They have a whole list of supported cameras. A lot of the question is whether or not there you can get clean video out of your camera, mm. which is a subject I'm not going to get into uh, uh, in depth right now because it gets weird and crazy, but pretty much any GoPro. Um, these are also, by the way, the ones they've actually tested. Most of the Sony cameras on here. And uh, the, uh, you know, in many cases, for example, Nikon should be able, in theory, to do this with a, a, an actual output on the camera, USB mm -hmm. output on the camera itself. Um, one of the things you'll find out, not news to you, news to some of you, is recording video for extended periods of time is very revealing of the challenges you can run into when using a digital camera for video. Yep. <laughs> so we've mentioned this before, right? Uh, to avoid EU customs duties, almost all digital cameras have a 30-minute cap on recording video. The Tested has an amazing article that talks about why that is, and yeah. I'll send you to Tested.com in the show notes to it's learn that. It's kind of fascinating, and it totally like broadens your mind as far as why yeah. that cap is there. It's random. It's stupid. It'll really piss you off. Yep. Um, <laughs> guess what? It has to do with pirating video. No, really. Um, battery mm -hmm. life on uh, a lot of digital cameras. I can shoot hundreds and hundreds and thousands and millions of still pictures. 20 minutes shooting video tops. 20 minutes, uh, wow. It seems like that. But this wow. is all, it's funny, this is also a 2014 camera design. Right, so, right, yeah. you know, it's a little long in the tooth. So I have one of these slick little external adapters that puts a dummy battery inside the camera. Okay, so we, we got a 30 minute cap on there, which you can okay. modify the firmware to remove. And we have a power adapter, so we don't run in a battery. Cool. Uh, and then overheating can be an issue for many digital cameras. Mm. Because digital cameras are usually primarily engineered for, uh, taking still pictures, yeah, not photos. for capturing video for 4,000 uh, hours at a time. So with the A6000, uh, what the community has figured out is you open up the back and you leave the battery open, down, battery cover open down here, okay. and you open up <laughs> the light so up here. So you're giving it all sorts of All thermal. sorts of thermal, <laughs> thermal opportunities, we'll opportunities. call them. <laughs> and it's funny, right, because camcorders and, and, and sort of video-centric cameras um, they're engineered to get the heat from the chips to the outside of the case. Uh, so in this case, you can open up all the panels, or this is crazy, uh, youtube.com slash fixed it. They actually cracked open their A6000 and put heat sink material in between the chips in the back of the camera. Whoa. I am circling this. I want to be able to do this because what happens is if you're- Not if, me. Yeah, it's- <laughs> My camera is way too pricey for me to d go after that. Yeah, see, I can pick these Ooh, up used for about one-eighth the price of what you paid for your camera. Yeah, One-sixth the price, so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a little less threatening. It is still pretty threatening, but it gets critical. For example, the first time I used this um, for video, mm. it was by a window. Not a hot, sunny day, oh. but literally it was shutting down every 10 minutes because it was overheating. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I opened up all the covers and it was, okay, it was getting like 30 minutes. And then I realized, well, okay, 
I need to make sure it's not in open sunlight. Wow. So if you want to record video in the desert when it's 105 degrees, um, you may be doing really silly things like rigging a fan <laughs> onto your digital camera. So yeah, um, better camera, better lens, uh, 1080p USB HDMI capture device, external power supply, along with a headset or microphone of your choice equals way better video and audio than a standard $100 webcam Rob. That was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it always is. Well, we hope that helps. And of course, if you have questions about online streaming, videography, photography, and audio, let us know. Ask at techthing.com. My Skype looks amazing now, though. It does, yeah. I have been working on building a home studio just like Patrick has, and I saw these brand new Elgato key lights over at CES. Hello, bright light, <laughs> back in January. So they were brand new, constantly sold out on Amazon. Possibly permanently sold out everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. Like, currently, they are unavailable. But if you're curious, they cost $199.95, plus tax. So here's my big question about that. Are they worth it? Are these little <laughs> hunks of joy and expensiveness worth it? So these are geared towards Twitch streamers. I'll turn it backwards so it's not like blowing out your eyeballs. I'll actually turn it off right now. But uh, since I do a lot of like guest hosting for my home PC, I was pretty intrigued about mm -hmm. how these things work. So as soon as they came back in stock on Amazon, I bought myself two. Not two. just one, but two, because anybody with a studio like anywhere knows that you should have a couple of lights. So we should put this into context. Professional lights, I, you know, like I want to say uh, uh, Roto Flows, I think are the ones that I, <laughs> Roto Lights. Well, I think Roto Lights are really cool, but they're yep. like six, $700 a piece. Yeah, they are. Um, traditional flow lights, LED lights might be 600 to to $1,000. And if you get into the really hardcore Hollywood stuff, it's easy to spend thousands on individual lights. So in that context, yeah. this that isn't context, that expensive. In that context, this is pretty cheap. In the context of comparing this to like newer, yeah. which is also on Amazon, this is really pricey. Yeah, I mean, newer, I've got a, several of these at home. Um, they start at $70 for a 480 LED light. Yeah, so this is more yeah. than half, or more than yeah. half. For, <laughs> for less than one light, yeah. you can get two lights and a set of sands and stuff, but we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so these are Wi-Fi connected studio lights. They're made to allow for like really quick and easy streaming from a gaming desk or a battle station, if, if you, you will. will. <laughs> Instead of coming with a tripod light stand, they come with these nice little desk mounts. So so you can simply mount this straight to your mm -hmm. desk. Uh, they connect to your computer via a desktop app as well as an Android phone and or iOS phone as well if you're an Apple user. And they can change in temperature and color. So the light comes with a power plug, as you can see here, and it's extremely long, which is wonderful, especially if you ha like, have like have a standing mod. desk. Oh, it, it's, they, they don't self-generate the light. No, they don't they generate not, their own energy. They do not have an external or internal battery right. on here. So you can't plug in a battery and make it light and then go portable. This mm -hmm. is supposed to be stationary. Um, and then you have the desktop pole mount, which can be extended as well. And I'll let you know about the heights and everything like that too. So to set it up, you simply stick on the light and then you stick the light on the pole and you clamp it to your desk like so. Ta-da! And then you tighten it and you adjust it to the desired height that you want and you plug it into power 
And the pole mount here can go up to 22 inches or 49 inches. So you have a nice long mm -hmm. availability to you in case, like, I don't know, maybe you're really tall or something. <laughs> and then the clamp here can extend to 2.35 inches. So it has plenty of space for like really a large fairly desks. Fairly massive desks. Fairly massive desks, yeah. And then you just turn on, then you install the desktop and the mobile app, which require either Windows 10 or Mac OS 10.11. Uh, you have to be on the same wireless network, which is only 2.4 gigahertz. Oh, That's the only available one. Cheap, <laughs> cheap Wi-Fi modules. Yeah, to connect it. But once you go through the process, mm. it'll be connected until you end up resetting it. And to reset it, uh, it's actually a pretty simple process. All you have to do is hold down on a button for about 10 seconds. It blinks three times, and then you turn it back on. And that's all. That will factory reset it. Now, you do have to do that anytime uh, you switch Wi-Fi networks. So if you intend to like take this into your work right. studio and then back home, then you would have to reset it each time. Unless you had like, the same name on your network at home and at work. Yeah, then um, you want to have to deal with that. The big attraction for this, though, is the wireless connection that allows you to set the brightness, the yes. Kelvin temperature. Yes. Do effects with it. The desktop and the mobile app. Um, they're very, very small, but they include everything that you need. Uh, there's a power button right in the application. There's also a brightness bar, so you can make it super bright or make it really dim. There's a color temperature bar as well. There's also a settings menu, so if you need to update the firmware, which takes less than a minute to complete. I had to do that when I first got it in the mail. You can connect as many key lights as you need, which is nice if you have like multiple workspaces. So if you have like a photography space and your <laughs> gaming center. If you have six lights, you can connect all six of them. You can also rename them so it's really easy to tell which one nice. you're messing with whenever you're using them. So the light here, it uses 160 premium Osram LEDs. And Osram is a German company that sells LEDs and components for LEDs and stuff like that. And they do range in temperature from 2900 up to 7000K, which Whoa. is Kelvin. Yeah, so they get extremely, extremely blue if you want them to be so. <laughs> uh, the face on this is a smooth opal glass. It gives it a nice soft box effect. And the brightness is an adjustable 2500 lumens. So it does get very, very bright as well. Uh, if you Especially are, at desktop light. Yeah, That's yeah. a lot of light. That's like, <laughs> it will make you look like a ghost. Uh, if you are using this with your phone, the Android app looks exactly like the desktop app. So there's no learning curve to it whatsoever. And it can also be controlled with an Elgato Stream Deck, which I'm sure a lot of streamers who already own Stream Decks will be like, oh, that's wonderful. Because all you have to do right. is set it up in the software and then just click a button. And it turns on, and then you can set like your desired settings and just click a button for that. So it's very, very simple, plug and play, really easy to use. Now, on the plus side, this declutters your desk lighting. It is flush against the back wall. It requires no desk space. There's no tripod associated with it, which is wonderful because it's very, very minimalist. It's right. like low profile. You see a lot of Twitch streamers and they have big old school soft boxes, yeah. which is like a giant They're sort huge. of. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice having something that's so flat, so low profile. It's also really low on heat, too. When I had this turned on and it was like staring me in the face all like yesterday, it didn't make me feel hot. Uh, so you won't be sitting in front of like hot lights throughout your entire gaming session. Now, the same thing can be said for like the newer LED lights. Those don't get hot either and they cost half the price. So keep that in mind. It kind it depends on like what price. you're looking for, of <laughs> course, for the price. But the newer ones aren't as minimalist. Now, I would love, and maybe this is just like totally out there, but I think this would be really cool if they added uh, Amazon 
you know, Echo or Google Assistant voice control. I think that would be so cool. This is an if then then that opportunity. <laughs> it might be, yeah. But honestly, like how often are you going to change your color, temperature and brightness settings? Like maybe brightness you will change quite often, but color temperature, I feel like it won't change that much in your room. Hmm. Well, maybe you know, that's just me. If you have multiple lights or a complicated light setting, it is nice to be able to walk in and True. tell Alexa or Google Home to yeah. turn on the lights. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's pretty cool. Um, they are really, really expensive. Very expensive. But I do think the price is fair after I've been playing with them. At first I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I started playing with them and I was like, oh, actually, I think they're worth it. Given how easy these are to set up, how integrated they are with the workspace, how premium they feel, because they're all metal all the way around, and how minimalist the design is, they are top quality. So I think they are worth the price. Uh, if the app was janky or the device itself was made out of plastic, which it's not, uh, <laughs> I would probably balk more at the price, but they are metal, they're heavy duty, and they have very, very easy apps. I think Elgato has a winner here, and um, I was quite surprised when I started playing with it, but now I'm definitely going to keep these. <laughs> oh they're goodness. awesome. I'll be very curious. Hopefully they, they get another supply in because they have been sold out I for hope so. a month yeah. or two at this point. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like It's so hard to get these things, and you like have to dive in as soon as you see that they're in stock. So we were talking before about those new ear lights. Um, we have a ton of these in the studio that we use right now. We do. And what's crazy about these, for example, you get two with stands for $136. And you can kind of see if Google will, <laughs> Google, if Amazon will open up. Um, they are a mixture of white and yellow LEDs. Yeah. And to get their maximum lighting is kind of problematic, right? So in theory, they go from 5600K, which is a sort of a standard daylight, and all the way down to uh, tungsten lighting, which is around 3200K. And that's cool, but what happens when you take a look at these, at the actual brightness of them, uh, and this is for a slightly different sort of cousin lamp. If you have it all the way down, you have all of the yellow lights and you get 1450 lumens. And if you have it at the highest oh. temperature setting, you get 1450 lumens. Uh, but if you want all of the brightness, you end up with a temperature of 4200K because what? it's a mixture of the white and the yellow lights. Well, that's fascinating. It is fascinating. And I was also <laughs> laughing. Um, there's also the Nuir LED 500 ultra high power, which has, this makes me laugh so hard. Uh, it, it doesn't have a fancy Wi-Fi control, but it does have a remote. Oh, there's a remote. So you can sit at your desk so and fancy. change. Uh, <laughs> you can sit at your desk and change the Kelvin temperature on the remote. There. Uh, that's, a, that's actually pretty, pretty cool. It is pretty cool. <laughs> and those also sell for 60 bucks, but they're probably not going to be as bright as that. Yeah. But you could buy four of those yeah. for the price of one of those or eight of those for the price of two of those seven of those probably <laughs> don't forget the tax people well hopefully i didn't like blow your eyeballs out with the brightness of this thing in my <laughs> b-roll as i was recording that but yeah it does get bright i don't have a way to actually test that i mm -hmm. don't have the devices needed to be able to test the brightness um, but just from personal opinion they bright. <laughs> they really bright. <laughs> Let me know if you have any other questions about uh, different Elgato products. Uh, we did buy these ourselves. Like they didn't send these to mm -hmm. us or anything like that. Uh, we would love to check out other products as well that are for like home studios or streaming studios too. Or Super if you want fun. a very professional looking Skype or Google Hangout environment. Yes. Ask at techthing.com or you can tweet us at techthing, at snubs, and at Patrick Norton.
We love your questions, your tips, and your suggestions of products and ideas to check out. You are so amazing. Please tweet at TechThing at Snubs or at Patrick Norton or just email us, ask at TechThing.com. And a big shout out to our patrons, patreon.com slash TechThing. You pay the bills, you make the show possible. Our thanks to you. Join the crew that makes TechThing happen at patreon.com slash TechThing. Huge news, amazing development. You can officially stop manually ejecting flash drives. <gasps> Safely remove hardware is taken care of in Windows 10. Yay! I never safely removed my hardware. <laughs> I started safely removing my hardware for the first time. I actually always do it in OS 10. Oh, that's good. Um, not that I run OS 10 that much anymore. I started doing it in Windows 10. Uh, the thumb drives we use for our teleprompter kept getting corrupted. Oh, that's right. So I would manually Those eject them. things. So it's, if, if, you know, this is a wonderful read. We'll talk about it in a second. Windows 10 version 1809 and later, change in default removal policy for external storage media. So quick removal is now the default setting for external drives as of Windows 10 1809. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to the crew at The Verge because they pointed out this has actually pretty much been the standard since October when 1809 first started rolling out. Um, this is exciting. This is kind of exciting. And I also got to say, um, you know, it, the, the, that whole Windows read, Windows 10 version 1809 and later changing default removal policy for external storage media. I'm really enjoying that title. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a really interesting read, uh, uh, if a brutal title. Um, there are actually two modes, quick removal and better performance. Mm -hmm. And so what better performance does is it caches write ops to the external drive. So it doesn't, so basically if you've ever gone to copy a large file to your system and your system went, um, I'm moving Yes, oh my gosh, all the time. The, so if you have better performance, it will cache that information and slowly meter it out to the USB oh, or whatever cool. kind of external drive you have. But then you have to use a safely remove hardware process because you may yank the drive before it's done. Uh, gotcha. And then quick removal, it's just vomiting the information onto the drive as fast as it can. Who cares about the user experience <laughs> or anything else going on <laughs> on Windows? So apparently all those thumb drives I corrupted in the past few months weren't done writing the 2K text files to them for the teleprompter. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> well, I, w I got all willy-nilly today, and I ripped that thumb drive out, and I had zero issues. Yeah. So that was exciting. That is good. I still, it, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes me to unlearn manually ejecting the files. <laughs> um, I also want to give props to The Verge for editing their article to point out that it doesn't mean you can remove the thumb drive while it's actively writing files to it. No, you should never do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you if know, it's writing, just let it be. Yeah. If you have that That's green bar on your on your file manager, don't yank the drive. But once it's complete, you go for it, buddy. Woo! <laughs> let us know if you have any questions about USBs. <laughs> Askatechthing.com. <laughs> tech questions. <laughs> We had some more ideas for power cycling. The old cable modem come in from y'all. Dr. Kai tweets, a modern version of the old programmable outlet timer works great. Uh, this is the fantastic. Uh, if you've ever had the dial ones, and I feel like I was, I was looking at one at a yard sale recently. This is the Century <laughs> 7 Day Heavy Duty Digital Programmable Timer Dual Outlet. Two Fancy. outlets, people. $13 sounds excellent, and you could set that up to reboot your cable modem every 24 hours. That's a good deal. And your modem, and your router. Your cable modem and your router. 
wonder if you could time I'm okay them with and do that. like 10 minutes separately, like redo one and the Ooh, other. That's a good idea. Um, Matt, aka at N.101, tweets Here's another alternative for controlling main sockets. This uses a Raspberry Pi and wirelessly controlled sockets from Energini, costing about 20 pounds. And he has this amazing how-to on this for controlling power sockets using a Raspberry Pi. Cool. And it is pretty slick, actually. Because he set it up so that when his Chromecast shows up on his home network, it turns on his subwoofer. And then when he shuts his television and his Chromecast down, it turns it off. So Matt, oh, I love that. very, very cool. And a really nice set of DIY instructions for that one. Yes, thank you for sending the DIY instructions, too. We also got another viewer suggestion for digitizing your old tapes. This one comes from Brian at Crashbox, who tweets, Costco offers video digitalization. Used it recently for a couple of old VHS tapes with good results. Video yearbooks from high school would share the results, but there's the rights to others likeliness thing. Oh yeah, yay, legalizations. Also, <laughs> it was the early 90s. The fashion, it burns. <laughs> oh, I remember the early 90s. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's why I will not share my video yearbooks from high school as well. Did you have the big hair? Uh, yeah, super curly, super frizzy, lots of big hair, and also big, big glasses and braces. Nerd life. <laughs> we would also like to thank Hack5 for the studio space. If you haven't checked out Hack5 already, check out the Security and Privacy podcast over at hak5.org. And then make sure to head over to hak5.org slash gear and check out the plunder bug. So this is a little pocket-sized LAN tap that lets you bug Ethernet connections with USB-C convenience. It also comes with cross-platform scripts and an Android root app. Uh, this is a smart network sniffer that enables passive recording or active scanning. So very, very cool. And of course, thank you so much, Hack5, for the studio space. Thank you. And remember, once in a while, put down the phone, step away from the screen, close the laptop, and do something analog, like throw axes. Seriously, this is epic. This Seriously is so epic. epic. Ben writes, my analog pick is going out and throwing axes, hatchets at the local facility, urbanaxes.com. My sister signed me up for a league for a birthday gift. It is challenging and a lot of fun. The community is very supportive, even if you are new, because they remember what it was like to not be nearly as good as they are now. That is so cool. Yes, that's amazing. Oh my goodness. And we have to just, I want to see Lily. Lily does this like double arm throw thing. Woo! Let's see that one more time. Oh man, perfect bullseye. So freaking cool. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. Love the videos. Yes, thank you for sending those along. The slow-mo is great. My boys, uh, the little one not so much, the bigger one definitely, they did a lot of at their sort of fire and knives camp. Oh, that is so cool. Throwing. There's a fire and knives camp? Mm -hmm. Oh, we need to talk. Can, <laughs> can adults go to this? Because this sounds awesome. They do have adult events. Yes. <laughs> I'm Adam Norton. I'm Shannon Morris. We'll see you next week on Tech Thing. The only time I've done axe throwing is at a renaissance fair. No, it was the pirate festival. Oh, maybe, yeah, it was the pirate festival. I go to a lot of weird events. <laughs> Yay, pirate fest. Yay, Ren fair. Yay, the Charles uh, Christmas Corral fair. <laughs> Here you go. Ooh, there's Outdoor a Outdoor skills course, hold up. Oh. Let's have a seat too. Well, we're rolling yeah. credits. Oh, we got credits rolling. Crackersbay.com. We'll put it in the in the show notes. How's that? Archery classes. Archery <gasps> classes. Oh man, I took archery classes once. It was amazing. Lighting so fires, other mayhem. I want to light fires. 
to technology that doesn't work. Just kidding. I am all about environmentalist friendly stuff. Mostly just don't want to breathe that stuff in. No. Mm-mm. That'd be bad. <laughs> Finn says, I'm going to spend the night in an oxygen tent like yellow smoke. <laughs> Assuming you're not dead. Oh my gosh. <laughs>